Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining me today on the podcast is the head strength and conditioning coach at Louisiana Tech, Kurt Hester. Kurt, it's great to have you here today. Thanks for having me, man. Good, good to hear from you, man. Well, before we got going, I, I told you I really appreciate what you guys do, and I think at, at the highest levels, uh, we've come a long way in that, um, you know, I'm seeing more and more guys like you highly involved with the coaching staff. In fact, we've, we backed up today's podcast so you can spend some time with a head ball coach and with a defensive coordinator and uh, just get involved in those guys. And I was really interested just how your involvement with your coaches at, at Louisiana Tech is, uh, is, is going right now. And I think, again, I think it's something that I see this game evolving to, maybe a little bit slower than it should, but uh, it's definitely heading in the right direction. I mean, everything, I think, you know, back in the day, you know, it's, it's, well, it's still not even back in the day. You still have strength coaches or – performance coaches or, you know, whatever they want to call themselves now, um, you know, they're still more or less weight room warriors. You know, they still are the screamers that walk up and down the platform and yell and scream, but they really don't do, can't do a whole lot in movement outside. You know, they're more comfortable out, you know, in the weight room, they go outside and a lot of these street coaches, they can't even move themselves. I mean, they can't teach a drill. They can't mechanically teach anything any concepts in movement, whether it's COD, uh, basic sprint mechanic drills, uh, basic skill acquisition drills by position. And, you know, the game is played on the field. It's not played in the weight room. And, and that old adage that, you know, fo- football players are built in the weight room, yes and no. They're semi-built in the weight room, but you, you have to, you know, use the weight room to facilitate movement on the field. And we're still – we're still in the dark ages when it comes to that because you still have a lot of old school football coaches that want to be, you know, have the yellers and screamers that just pound kids into submission thinking they're going to make them tougher. And it, it doesn't happen. Either you, either you make a choice to be tough or you don't, you're not going to make a kid who's not tough, tougher. He might get in a little bit better shape, but he's still not tougher, you know, until he makes that conscious decision. Um, you know, here at tech, I've always, uh, you know, been involved with every position coach. You know, I'll, I'll sit and watch film with them. They actually want me to watch film with them during recruiting. Say, hey, Kurt, do you think this kid moves well enough? And and so I, even in recruiting uh, of, of handing out scholarships, I will sit in each room and watch film of high school kids 
And, you know, we, we watch film, a practice film of how can we get our guys to move better in the realm of, of, of the way that the position coach is teaching their position. So we're not just in the weight room. We're, we're everywhere. And, you know, what? If, if I can do it at Tech and I have no staff, I have two paid interns and that's it. If I can do it, then these huge staffs, you know, that, you know, in, in Power Five, they can, they can easily do it. It's just they choose not to. Um, you know, they choose just to stay in the weight room. It's interesting, um, you know, with all the, the resources and budgets that, you know, you do have that ability. And, and honestly, you know, you can do this, as you said, on, on a shoestring budget. You can do this at the high school level. It's really what you choose to focus on. And so at this time of the year, everybody's heading into their, their training camp. And unfortunately, we're still probably more towards uh, the, the popular film from years back that was on ESPN, Junction Boys, where Bear Bryant took these guys out and, and physically just, you know, for lack of better words, tortured them right into toughness, into, into making a team. And, uh, you know, as, as I look at what happens across the country at this time, you know, sometimes maybe we're too close to that and we're not looking enough at the skill development side of how we approach this time of the year. Yeah, because a lot of coaches still think that you that you're gonna you will build mental toughness in your training program throughout the year, and you know, yeah, do you need to make uh, some things hard? But but making it hard is really just just developing your standard, saying this is how you're gonna line up, this is where your feet gonna be, this is the position I want you in, and and never deviating from that that standard. That that makes any conditioning modality tough a lot tougher and we still we're still like in that glycolytic love to drive our guys into the ground in that in glycolysis because that's what the, you know that's the 300 yard shuttles and the 110s and the gasters and and all these old school conditioning modalities that that actually inhibit your power output you know uh in the alactic system and that you're so you're taking all all the ability that you you, you you formulate in the weight room and all your sprint patterns and all your your acceleration deceleration work you're killing it on the on the back end by training and, and glycolysis because you know the, the you're, you're pushing this all these hydrogen ions and the lactic uh, and blood lactate and and bottom line you're just destroying your power output and and coaches but they love it because the guys are on the ground oh you're making them tough and it's hard and it's you know, and, and we're building our program. You know, it's like you're destroying your, your your athleticism on the back end by doing that. And that's the kind of mentality is just, you, you know, these sport coaches have to learn more of the science. And once they, if you can sit down, like I just spent, I just spent an hour with our D coordinator breaking down, uh, you know, physiological systems. And, and he was like, God, Kurt, no one ever explained it to me. You're right. And, you know, you're not going to make them tougher. And we're, we're screwing this up. And, and we need to be smarter and we need to, you know, you know, because at our level, at my level, I only have, I barely have 22 starters. You know, we, and, and the next guy up is like a three. We don't even have twos. You know, next guy up is like a red shirt freshman or a walk on. So it's not like I'm, I'm not a power five school where I have five, five stars behind each other. If one goes down, I have one guy and he's got to play 80 plays at the highest level. And so that repeat sprint ability of that repeat power output bashing yourself into another 300 pound lineman for 80 straight plays needs to be high. And if I train in, if I train by using shuttles and gassers and, and it doesn't, it doesn't equate to, it just drops their power output and doesn't equate to a better conditioned athlete for 80 plays in the spread offense. So, 
you know, we, we have to be, we have to be smarter. We have to be more conscious. We have to, we have to, you know, bottom line, there's no player's health is, is, you know, should be, you know, put aside to, to say we are building mental toughness that, you know, that these players are dying, you know, across the country in, in the guise of we're building mental toughness is insane. And, and it doesn't need to happen. There's, there's a better way a more efficient way, a more humane way, you know, and it's like, you know, if you, you got so many young coaches out there at, at, at high school and the college level that they won't say anything to the head football coach. They won't, they won't say anything to D coordinator, O coordinator. They won't, they won't voice their opinion. They just blindly follow what they say. And then they get a player injured or killed. And, you know, you got to use your eyes and you got to use your head. You have a responsibility to your athletes. You know, they, when they chose your school, they chose you. So in effect, they hired you to be their guy. And you should, and, and you should, you should have that understanding of they chose me and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to keep him safe his entire career. And that's just how, that's how I feel. I, there's no coach on the planet that I'm going to injure an athlete for. Well, I think, and you brought this up before we got started too, your defensive guy wanting you out at practice to look at the technique, but also to see that it's, you know, it's breaking down, that fatigue setting in, that yes, you have, uh, you know, the, the, the um, you know, the wearable technology, I'm not sure what brand you used, we just had Catapult on here, and talked about, actually, I think it's great, I think the data's great, uh, but I also think we can't, we got to get out of this box of, of, of we just kind of throw this stuff to the strength and conditioning coach, and you do your thing, and we do our thing, there has to be the marriage of the two. So your eyes out there, number one, helping us seeing those things, but also, hey, coaches learn, right? They're out there. Their eyes are starting to get trained to that too. We start to see where's the breakdown. Okay, yeah, that guy's playing fatigue right now. What do we have to get him better at when he's here? And, and when do we need to start dialing back a little bit in practice? Well, I mean, one thing about, you know, technology, a lot of, a lot of programs, it's all for, for recruiting. Now, a lot of times they, they, they even if they, they put it on, they'll put it on and do videos and stuff. And a lot of times they don't even look at the data. It's, it's really, it's just, it's, it's, it's to say, Hey, look, look at us. We're doing things scientifically correct. We're, we're ahead of the, we're ahead of the curve. We're training, you know, we're, we're, we're training in the future and, and they don't even use any of the data. And, and then, then there are the, the, the young coaches that all they do is stare at the data and they don't use their eyes. And like our, our D coordinator, Bob Yakko, he's like, Kurt, I want you, our meeting just now, is I want you with our defense going from group to group, monitoring our players, telling me what you see, telling me if I need to back off. He goes, I'm, no, I'm not worried about the technology. I want to see what you, I want to know what you see. You know, tell me what you see. Tell me what they need to do to become better movers, better, better hand strikers. Um, you tell me on a daily basis where we're at and I will adjust my practice volume to what you tell me. So, I mean, that's where you want to get, that's that, that's the impact you want to have on a team, not just be in the weight room, not just, you know, yell and scream at bench press and clean and squat and everything else, not just be out there yelling and screaming when you're trying to run them into the ground is to actually help your athletes become better athletes on game day. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. A big part of what you do is is help develop athleticism. And, um, you know, I, I do get the opportunity to talk to quite a few people. And I could say that there's, there's certainly different philosophies around um, your part of this profession. But uh, at some point, and, you know, if we just live in the weight room, 
there is the possibility, and, and you see it even all the way into the pros and all the different sports, that uh, you start to train the athleticism out of the player that functionally, because they're maybe getting out of balance in how they develop and, and not watching some of that to, you know, to get bigger numbers on a certain lift, that uh, they, they struggle with the athleticism in a little bit. And that's, again, of course, where some of the breakdown starts to happen and injuries occur. Well, I mean, if you take a springy athlete, a guy who's like got a lot of, he's a little stiff, but he's got a ton of strength, like a, a receiver or a DB that can just, I mean, when he, when he runs, he bounces off the ground. I mean, it's just, he has that rapid, that, that foot contact is just on, the, on and off the ground, super, super rapid, super quick, and it has a great vertical. And if you, and if you put him in the weight room and overly strength train him, you make him slower. That you won't, you know. I mean, I've got guys who who are some of the fastest guys who are coming out, of, you know, coming out of high school, were 100 meter state champions sprinters who are super springy. If I squatted them and you know did some insane lead work with them and you try to get their maxes up to a, a crazy, get a crazy number just to to say, hey, my guy squat this much, they would become slower. You know, I got a receiver right now. He barely he, he barely squats 315. But he runs, you know, a 10 six hundred meters, and he runs a four three forty. And there's very few guys at the conference that can cover him. So, do I care about him squatting four hundred? No, I care about how well he plays. I don't care about numbers. Numbers, numbers are, are, you know, I get an athlete to a certain to a certain a certain number, and he's good. Now I'm worried about how how can he move and how can I, I transition and make him more more powerful out on the field and a better mover on the field because that's where you play the game. I'm not. I've never been I, – I, when I accepted the job here, the first thing I told Coach Holtz was, I am not a numbers guy. I'm not going to validate my job by numbers. Now, do our, our team, is our team going to be strong? Yes. But I'm not going to sit there and validate uh, squat strength and bench strength and, and power clean strength every year because it doesn't matter. What matters is we, it, it, we, if we lose games, fire me. If we're not in condition, fire me. But, you know, we've, we've, we've had – Five winning seasons were the only team. Us and Wisconsin are only two teams in the country that have won five straight bowl games. So, and we put a, a lot of guys. You know, we were either one or two now in non-power five uh, programs of guys going to the NFL, and we're we're usually one of the top uh, teams in the country with with uh, seniors with a degree in their hand while they're playing. So we're doing we're doing a lot of the right stuff here, uh, and it's kind of contrary to what a lot of power five schools do because they have great athletes. And quite honestly, they could probably use a bow flex and a thigh master and a shake weight. and They probably get the same results on the field because they have severe genetics and, and, and they got, a, and they got, you know, five, five deep. So we have to build our at, at the group of five level and, and, and lower, you have to build your athletes. And so you better be building them, you know, the right way. And, and so they can perform on the field. And really, that's what uh, you know. A lot of our audience faces. They've they've got to build their athletes. They've got to take care of all those things. So, uh, as we get ready to kick off this season, coach, and we're heading into you know that that month that leads up to that first kickoff. What are the tips you have for coaches out there to to best prepare their team for Week One and make sure that that carries through the season? We're not just sharpening them up for Week One. That we got to get all the way to ten and beyond. If they're not prepared now, then they're not. Then they're probably not going to be. They're not going to be prepared for week one. I mean, they should be ready to go for week. You should have programmed to be ready for week one. You know, uh, a lot of teams. You know, basically practices. You know, in in the glycolytic uh, 
you know, uh, in a psychological in a state. So, you know, that's why I don't do a lot of it, you know, in training is because they're going to get it in practice. I mean, so why, why lose all my power before I even get to practice? They're going to, they're going to get it in practice if I can't, if the coach doesn't listen to me and I can't dial them back on rep, on rep loads. Um, if you have players like, you know, like us, we only have starters. You better, you better watch their, their rep count. You know, you, you better watch their legs because, you know, you're not going to have your guys ready to play on that first game because you'll bury them in the ground and then they're going to be really slow and lethargic in playing. And then you're going to get your butt kicked because you, you buried them and didn't get their, and didn't get their legs back underneath them. So like for us, we're going to, we're going to manage our guys the entire, our entire uh, 30 days of camp. I mean, we'll, we'll manage every rep that they have to make sure that they're ready to play. We open up with Texas. So, you know, we can't be down. We can't afford to get one person injured. You know, we only have, like I said, we don't even have 22 real stars. We have about 16 and everybody else is just role players that we roll in and out. So um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to give somebody advice, go, you know, this late into the season. Now, if you you asked me in May, I could have said, you know, here's what you need to do throughout the summer. But, you know, football's here, you know, so it's uh, it's kind of kind of tough. Well, yeah, and I think that's exactly um, kind of what I'm getting at here is managing that load through training camp. I and mean, we don't want to uh, sharpen the sword dull, right? We, we, we want them to be fast. We want them then to be able to, to really carry that through the season. It's not about, like I said, this is not junction boys right now and, and grind them into the ground. Uh, this is prep for week one. This is where all the skill is uh, coming together with all the work that's been done in the off season um, to prep that team to be ready to go and, and play at optimal levels once they kick that ball off. Well, they need to keep their definitely you know through you know all season. You still need to you still need to train, but you keep your volume low, you know super low, and you stay between seventy and and you know probably 82, eighty two. You know I don't ever get up to eighty five percent. I just keep their their strength up. And I, because I, I conserve their, I, I'm very conservative with our central nervous system. I want it to be, I want to utilize it on the field. And I want to, I don't want to burn it up in the weight room. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's performance that counts. So I'm very, I'm straight to the point when it comes to training. I only do what's necessary to, 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 to keep their body armor up and to keep them strong and to, to keep them healthy. And then the rest of the time, you know, we're on the field, uh, you know, becoming better skilled athletes. So, um, you know, I, I do a lot of foot, we do a lot of foot and ankle work, which cause it's very passive and you can get a lot done without, without, uh, incurring, you know, any fatigue in the body and, and you know, cause everything starts at your feet. So we do a ton of, of, of correctional stuff to keep them moving, especially when they're in cleats all day long and their feet get destroyed because, you know, no matter what Nike and Adidas say, you know, those cleats are still terrible. You know, they still, they still destroy your feet. Yeah, I was was just with a former player of ours who's at the Browns and he worked with the equipment department. His only job is to to make sure guys are wearing, first of all, wearing the right cleats. He's like, we got guys who are in the wrong shoes, wearing the wrong sizes, uh, that that part of it is is pretty big. You you put the wrong thing on your feet here. Uh, you're going you're gonna to damage yourself to the point where at, at some point you're breaking down. Well, I mean, think about how many foot contacts that you'll have in a practice or a, a game. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of foot contacts. Okay, so I mean, so just figure out how many foot contacts. So every time that foot strikes the ground, you know, the impulse it from the ground up going through your body, you know, the shearing forces going through your body. So if you have the wrong shoes or 
you have the wrong size. Which some guys will put on try to put a shoe on that's like two sizes too small. Then you got some guys with some guys with two sizes too big. They got clown shoes on out there, you know. And it's, what are you what are you thinking, you know? And then uh, you know the fact that you know it starts with your feet. So if, if you have a if you have a foot or ankle problem, you're done. You're not you're not going to you know you can you can you can break a finger, you know you can you can play with a cast on your hand, you know you can break your arm and play, but you know. You you know with the amount of contacts that that foot has to hit during the game, you are you you are not going to be an effective football player. So, yeah, you got know, to do a lot to protect the feet throughout the entire year. Coach, as you get into uh, the end season, then have you found any kind of optimal format for that practice week? I know I've had a ton of interest in guys wanting to know more about you know some of the stuff that is taken off from Chip Kelly, where um, you know there he calls it Fast Fridays, No Sweat Thursdays. Um, what are your thoughts on just practice format during the week again, so that uh, these guys are are ready to go on game day? I mean, we, we, the thing is, when you go fast Friday, you have to really control the reps. So, what happens with a lot of coaches? You know, they're not happy with oh, uh, you know, we didn't run that play right. Let's do over and run again, run again, again, again. And you really, each player really shouldn't have any more than twelve reps. You know, period. Uh, you know, and it should be fast and done, and you're done. You got to get on, on and off the field in less than an hour. And if you can't, if you can't abide by that, then you don't need to do it. You need to go back to the old school, where you practice Thursday and take Friday off. Um, you know, so uh, the the fast Friday, you know, it's super compensation has been great. It is, a, I, I like it, but again, it has to be, it has to be really, really controlled and monitored. Um, you know, the problem is, you know, a lot of coaches is you play on Saturday and then they want to come in and watch film and, and they want to do a, what they call a, a, a flush workout. There's no such thing as flushing. You don't have a buildup of lactic acid, you know, from a game, you have buildup of trauma, you know, after a game. So there is no flush. It is, you know, you're, you're beat an athlete's beat to hell and back. So you're not flushing anything out. You know, you're, the body's traumatized from, from getting pounded on, um, I've always been in favor of Sunday off, but most coaches won't do that. And so they can come back and get an effective, you know, uh, day in the weight room on Monday, um, you know, and, but uh, usually that doesn't happen because they want to give Monday off because it's a, because so they can have a day off during the week. Um, so we end up having to train on Sunday, you know, which I don't like, but it's, it's because when you, because when you have a no sweat Thursday, you shouldn't lift at all. I mean, they, it's a it's a complete shutdown of the central nervous system. So I have to go uh, typically on Sunday and Wednesday are my two training days, uh, you know, my two lifting days because of of trying to supercompensate from Friday to Saturday. I did have some coaches ask questions about you know reps in in that uh, Fast Friday, and the the question was uh, really does this apply for those coaches out there who have those two-way players. So you have that kid who plays tailback and safety. Is is that a good nah. you know? Is that a good format for him? Nope, no, no. I would I would go to old school. You know, taking, uh, you know, like say you play on Friday. Uh, so Thursday is is just your normal. You know, uh, would be would be your, either your normal special teams kind of easy day kind of walkthrough type stuff. You know. Um, but you know, you you really it's it's too hard. Even at the high school, at the big five A level, guys still play both ways, you know. And 
So I, I think at the high school level, it doesn't work. I really do. I think you're better off giving them, you know, uh, just a walk through the day before the game. So, so hearing you, the key is number one, if, if you were to do this, it's, you know, and again, let's just, we'll go off the college one, the no sweat Thursday. I mean, you are shutting down the nervous system, central nervous system. You aren't there totally. out there running at all. It is completely a walkthrough, not a run through without pads. It's a walkthrough. And some coaches out there, they, they'll run through it. They'll do a run through on Thursday. No, it's got to be a, when you say no sweat, we're talking about a walk. You are walking, or walking or standing. You know, you're just you, very little movement and you really shouldn't be, you know, if you lift, it would be like arms or something, you know, nothing that's going to, nothing that's going to uh, inhibit the central nervous system whatsoever. And then, and then the Friday, as you said, is very, very limited in the amount of reps that they are out there sprinting around. Right. It's fast. It is super fast. And it, like you go and then you're done. Be perfect and you're done. Yeah, and I, I we like to we like to adjust those to fit our purposes. So I think if you know you you got to look at the science behind things too, and how that works. Not just well, these guys did it and sounds pretty cool. We'll do something like it. I'm going to modify it for my team. There is an exact purpose behind it. No, there is no modification. It is or it isn't. <laughs> like I like our first day, we did it a couple. We started a couple of years ago. And our first day, I brought, I sat there with a uh, with a counter and I sat there and clicked plays and I was like. And we got up to like 40 plays. And I, was, and I, I walked into the coach, the head coach. I said, look, let me explain this to y'all. This can't happen again. Now, we were playing at SCS school, so it, it, it didn't matter. You know, um, but if, if we were playing uh, a, a conference game or, or a Power 5 team, we'd, we'd really get killed because the volume was way too high. And so you know, I finally had to have a meeting with the whole staff and go, okay, if we're not going to abide by these parameters we need to go back to what we used to do and have and have fridays off to tie things up coach uh because just some great information here in this short time and you know i'm keeping these these short at this time of the year for our coaches too because we don't want them having that mental fatigue they got to be ready as well but um you know key to a a player and really a, a team getting through a long season physically you know your your best advice to coaches out there um, for, for those guys to really come through, you know, obviously injuries do happen that are out of control, but from the things we can control, uh, what's, what's the best tip you have for our coaches here as they approach 2019? I mean, one, it's hard, but to semi try to monitor their sleep, because if they're, if they're not sleep, if they're not getting any sleep at all, they're not going to recover. They're not going to, they're going to, they're going to get injured. Um, I mean, if they don't get eight hours of sleep a day, I mean, they're, they're like a, have a 20% chance. Uh, you know, that day of, of, of getting injured, you know, higher, you know, 20% greater chance. So, um, you know, teaching them how to black out, black out their room, how to turn, you know, get, make sure they you know, turn off all, you know, technology, you know, 45 minutes in advance, all blue, all blue light. Um, and just, you know, to, to, to go to sleep and then to try to stay like, you know, we're pretty big on trying to keep guys off their cell phones because, you know, they, they think that everybody's living in a perfect world and everybody's life is a great life. And, and so it, it makes, it, it actually depresses humans, to, you know, because of technology, because of social media and try to get them to more, in, and we try to interact with each other more throughout, throughout the season. Like put this, you know, no cell phones are allowed. They go in your locker. They're not in meeting rooms. They're not, we don't, you know, we, we try to, you know, we eat together. Your cell phones are not, not at the table and we, you know, more interaction with each other. Uh, which builds a stronger team. 
um, you know, to eat more meals and, you know, throughout a day um, to drink, uh, you know, to be, to, to be hydrated more out more throughout the day. Um, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, things like that, that for that nature of just coaching and communication that the athlete will stay, stay healthier just by doing those, those, those small, those small things. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're really busy right now. I would love to get you back here in the off season and talk more about, uh, all the things that you do and in ways we can help our athletes out there. But, uh, again, thank you for your time and best of luck to you and your team in 2019. I thank you, brother. Anytime you need me, just give me a shout. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.